and welcome. I'm Heather. And I'm Joy. And this is not a dream. It's not a dream. Hey guys. Hello, it's us. And look who's back for another bi-weekly episode. It's That's right. us. Yes. We killing it at the game. <laughs> and I did see I don't need numbers on there, right? Okay. That was All great. Right, here Thank we you. Are. Good update. I am very excited to tell really this excited. story. I kept saying to Joy, like, I'm way too excited to tell her the story. And it's weird because it's a story that I have both known and not known about for like I just learned about it the last couple of weeks, but mm-hmm. I'd actually known about it for a couple of years, which is hmm. makes no sense right now, but I, I promise I will. All right. But it's crazy. I'm so pumped. It is crazy. So I just want to jump into it. Okay. I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Here we go. Here we go. We're jumping in. All of the tits that you have, hold them because you're going to need to. Okay. I got four. Hold hold the tits. (laughs) All right. So one thing I like in particular is that it's a pretty recent case. I don't know why, but recent cases are more interesting Mm -hmm. to me usually. So in June of 2014... In the quiet town of Westfield, New Jersey, mm-hmm. the Broadus family was moving into their new home. Derek and Maria Broadus had recently closed on a beautiful two-story, six-bedroom home mm-hmm. in an affluent neighborhood not far from Maria's own childhood home. <laughs> With three young children ages 5, 8, and 10, the spacious $1.3 million home was a dream come true for them. Sounds a little cheap. <laughs> million, that's it? That's it. Wow. (laughs) Wow. What peasants. (laughs) (laughs) Maria Bradas had grown up in Westfield, and Derek worked his way up from a blue-collar job in his hometown in Maine to become a senior vice president at an insurance company in Manhattan. So that's like prime fancy. Westfield is known by its residents. Oh, God. There's Coco, guys. She's, she's... John, you're sucking at your job! We told John to. You had one job. We told John to keep Coco. <laughs> Did he say I'm hungry or I she's not hungry? hungry? Maybe he was talking for her. I'm hungry. <laughs> we told John to watch Coco because she tends to want to get in here when we're recording, but he's not doing a good job. Okay, just like last time, <sighs> John. All right. So Westfield is known by its residents as an ideal place to live. So. Some say similar to the fictional town on the Andy Griffiths show. So like kind of like a ooh old 50s kid on a bike throwing the newspaper and the milkman doing the housework. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's a squeaky toy. I was like, what is that? Um, it's only a 40 minute drive away from New York City. So it makes sense that he, you know, worked in mm-hmm. Manhattan. It's it's not far away, but it's like it's like close to that hustle and bustle, but mm-hmm. it's far enough away to be very chill. So it's residents are mainly families and like older couples, not so much like yeah. the younger single life kind of thing. So it's it's a very like homey, comfortable place, not crazy. Definitely not a lot of crime. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. So while living in temporary housing close by, the Broadduses were renovating their soon-to-be home. They, Even though they bought this, like, really nice house, they actually wanted to do quite a few 
renovations, renovations to it, and it took them quite a bit to do them. Okay. So they were kind of coming and going as they were renovating the place. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of worked on some odds and ends. They did painting, and they were just kind of getting it prepared for the family soon. Um, on this particular day in June, Derek was finishing up painting when he decided to check the mail. Since they hadn't even officially moved in yet, he didn't expect a whole lot, but, you know, why not? Inside the mailbox, he found a couple of bills and one white card-shaped envelope with thick black handwriting on the front. It was addressed to, quote, the new owner. Derek opened the envelope <coughs> to find a typed letter that would chill him to the bone. It's not something you want to find. Mm-mm. The first letter. I'm just going to read it exactly Where how it was written. These? In his mailbox. Oh, my God. All right. I don't like it. You good? Mm-hmm. Okay. So he opens his mailbox, pulls out this like little kind of lump of bills and then a very odd card-shaped envelope. So I'm going to read the entirety of the first letter. Okay. Just hang on because here we go. I feel like I know this. Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard. So that's the address of the house. It sounds kind of weird because it's like, what boulevard? But it's just Mm -hmm. boulevard. That's the name of the street. Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. How did you end up here? Did 657 Boulevard call to you with its force within? 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now. And as it approaches its 110th birthday, it was an old as fuck house. I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. I see already that you have flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be. Tisk, tisk, tisk. Bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. You have children. I have seen them. So far, I think there are three that I have counted. Are there more on the way? Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family? Or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call them, call to them and draw them to me. Who am I? There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I'm in one. Look at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I'm in one. Look out any of the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. Welcome, my friends. Welcome. Let the party begin. It was signed The Watcher. So I actually know about this case. Hell yes. But I don't know much about it. But everything you're saying, I remember. Yeah. I knew that house looked familiar, but I don't know everything about this. So I'm really excited because I do know about this case. So when I technically first heard the story it was mm-hmm. when i watched the lifetime movie mm-hmm. that was made after it. it's called the watcher and it came out in 2016 mm-hmm. and by the way really fucking good movie i really enjoyed it it was very good but i actually at the time did not know it was based on a true story until 
probably like two weeks ago, I was listening to Morbid, the podcast, mm-hmm. and I just flicked on, I was like binging their episodes, and I flicked on this episode, and I was like, wait, wait, <laughs> wait, like, th- this is this is like what the movie was about, and I looked it up, and like, I guess it was loose- loosely, because the ending was a little different, but mm-hmm. loosely based on it, and I was like, holy fucking shit, I, I truly did not know it was a... True story. I don't remember how I know this. I really don't. But I remember this case because they got all the, like, letters in the Mm -hmm. mailbox and all, like, the weird. Okay, I'm ready. It's interesting because it's a lot of people will not compare. Not That's not the right word. Mm -hmm. They'll mention the Circleville letters in conjunction with this one because the Circleville letters was a similar, like, creepy person Mm -hmm. writing letters, don't know who it is, threatening letters kind of a thing. And it's the same idea. Um, I feel like I saw this in, like, a Facebook article or something, like a ranker or I'm, something. I'm sure. I'm sure. It was, I'm yeah. so excited. Like, okay, I'm ready. It's, I'm ready. I actually want I'm it's excited. It's great stuff. It's really just I finally actually knew fucked. something. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. And it's, like, the super random obscure thing, and I'm like, got it. That's what I know. <laughs> but I don't know much about it. I'm really pumped. Okay. okay fill cool. me in. <laughs> so Derek immediately called the police, explaining what he had just found. What? What? I was going to say, fill me up, daddy. Oh, my God. Cut that out. I'm not cutting that out. Oh, my God, no. So Derek immediately called the police, (laughs) explaining what he had just Uh found, which, honestly, I was a little surprised by because I was both surprised and not because I actually think this is one of the times where I'm reading a story about somebody who called the police where I don't think I would have called the police yet (laughs) Mm -hmm. because I think I would have probably waited a little bit, maybe. I would have. But he immediately called the police and was like, what the fuck? I I probably would have. Huh, I don't know if it was like threatening my kids. I might. Yeah. That's I, a little creepy. I like, guess so. Okay. Like, I see that you have three kids. Once I learn their name, I'm going to call to them and they're going to come to me. Yeah. Because he obviously had seen them and obviously knew they had three kids. But. He was right. Yeah. So I would definitely like at least. I might call the police over that. Um, or at least I'd like put on like Facebook or something like that. I feel hey, like I would know what this might be I guess or asking neighbors or something. I think I would have just not done it immediately, probably. <clears throat> I probably would have just taken a minute to think. But in, anyway, he called them immediately. An officer came out to the house and after being <laughs> after be- this is quoted by the way. After being shown the letter, the officer literally said, What the fuck is this? <laughs> Uh, oh my God. He asked Derek if they had any enemies, to which Derek said no. Uh, they had just moved to the neighborhood. Where were they living before? They were uh, apparently in Westfield somewhere, but it was okay. just a different area of Westfield. Okay. <clears throat> um, so the cop recommended moving some of the heavy construction equipment that was on the like the back porch of the house inside the house, which... <laughs> Because he said it could be used for the watcher to, like, throw through a window and break in with, Mm -hmm. which is, like... That kind of makes sense. It makes sense, but it's just, like, I would never would have thought of that, but that's why he's a police officer, so... Um, He advised him not to tell anybody else in the neighborhood or even their friends or family about the letter. Like, he's, like, tell your wife, sure, but, like, just don't tell anyone else, like... Why is that? Because he just, I don't know, doesn't want to... I don't remember why. Okay. I, I feel like at some one point I was like, oh, yeah, I understand why they're not telling people. But now I'm like, wait, what was the reason again? I can't remember. But, yeah. Um, maybe they just didn't want copycats or something. I don't know. Um, 
Later that night, after telling Maria what he had found, the Broadduses decided to write an email to John and Andrea, uh, Andrea or Andrea, I don't mm-hmm. know, Woods, uh, the couple who had sold them the house. Of course, that would be naturally where you'd go. Mm-hmm. They asked if they had ever gotten anything like that letter before. Despite living in the home for 23 years, the Woods replied that the only letter they ever got from the Watcher was a couple of weeks before they had moved out. They said the letter referenced something about watching the house over time, but that they had basically just thrown it out without much thought, thinking Mm -hmm. it was just a prank. The letter's contents greatly disturbed Derek and Maria. Derek ended up canceling an upcoming work trip, and then Maria had to bring the kids with her to the house to meet contractors sometimes. And when she would, she would, like, scream at them to stay close to her if they started to wander away, which I totally get. Mm -hmm. I would hate to have to bring my kids around after seeing something like that, but... Sometimes you have to. Um, Derek gave a tour of the new renovations that they were doing um, to, I guess, a neighbor that they were just being friendly with or something. Mm -hmm. And that neighbor replied, quote, it will be nice to have some young blood in the neighborhood, which is the same weird fucking sentence that the watcher used. But it never came to anything. And I just assume it's like a it's an older neighborhood mm-hmm. and like older residents just have like that weird maybe yeah. it's just a phrase that, that people like use something my grandpa would say like back oh. in the weird creepy day yeah it's nice to have some fucking blood all right grandpa <laughs> um one of the contractors arrived to the home one morning to find a heavy sign that he had nailed into the lawn the previous day had been violently ripped out of the ground what was the sign i don't know it, Why would it didn't you have a sign nailed so I, I honestly don't know. I assume the only thing I could really think of was like maybe it was like a sign advertising his contracting work or something. I don't really know. Because I thought they moved into it. They did. They did move into it. So I don't know. They never specified maybe what that Maybe they're sign like, is. we'll just moved in. It's a picture of them. <laughs> <laughs> like, hi, we're the whatever family. The broadest. Good to meet you. Hey, watchers, stay away. Please don't bother us. Yeah, it's, a, it's a sign is. that just says leave us and alone. And they, like, it ripped them out. <laughs> <laughs> They're like... <laughs> stay away what? <laughs> I'll do what I want. Rip you out of the ground. Anyways, I'm going to regret saying that. Okay, carry Two on. weeks after the first letter arrived, Maria was checking the mail, and she found a familiar white envelope with thick black handwriting, and she called <laughs> the police. The second letter... Are you ready? Oh, God. What? What are you laughing at? The thick. The thick. I just found the cough drop and put it back in my face. Oh, she thick. Okay. All right. Anyways, back. Uh, Second letter. Welcome again to your home at 657 Boulevard. The workers have been busy, and I have been watching you unload carefuls. Carfuls. Carfuls. Carfuls of your personal belongings. The dumpster is a nice touch. Have they found what's in the walls yet? In time they will. I am pleased to know your names now and the name of the young blood that you have brought me. You certainly say their names often. And then the way it was written in the article, it it didn't give it completely. So I do have to like kind of pick and place Mm -hmm. the stuff that's written in these letters. It does get a little bit jumbled. Everything it's, I have written was written. It's just I might have things like placed in the wrong places because mm-hmm. it was a little hard to see. But um, apparently in the letter somewhere, the watcher mentions seeing their youngest daughter. Youngest? Yeah. Their youngest daughter painting on an e- easel. 
in the front porch, Mm -hmm. which apparently at the time you could not see anything on that porch unless you were like standing like directly to the side of the house or from the backyard, like Mm -hmm. from the sidewalk or the street, you couldn't see. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't have been able to see that she was painting on an easel basically. So it's basically like saying because he saw that he was like right there. So um, he mentions the youngest and mentions the painting of the easel. And then he asks, is she the artist in the family? And then he continues on, says, 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood. Oh, my God. Stop with that. (laughs) Since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement? Or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Will they sleep in the attic? Or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the Watcher and have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. And now you are too, Broadus family. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought you the past three families to 657 Boulevard, and now it has brought you to me. Have a happy moving in day. You know I'll be watching. The Watcher. I would instantly throw up. That's so gross. I'd be like, all right, good motherfucking bye. Jump into the ocean. Are you okay? But I have, Are you dying? I have a cough right now, so I've been <laughs> chewing cough drop while sucking on it. Um, okay. And dying. so don't mind me. Also, I would put so many things over every like window so you can't look in. Yeah. Um, yes, I agree. I would. I would. Yes. Um, so Derek and Maria stopped bringing their children to the house, which, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were unsure what if they, they would. What do they do when they move in? They were unsure if they even were going to move in at this point. They, Because uh, it's like, on one hand, you could be like, this is just a prank. But on the other hand, there's some, like, really concerning shit written like in there. Like the easel. Yeah. Like, literally, like, that and one was that he knows their names. flat out. Yeah, he knows their names. He knows their birth order. He knows who's the youngest. He knows he, like, okay. So he straight up threatened the children in that, that letter. Like, that mm-hmm. was a threat. So that would be very concerning. Um, the There was a neighbor that threw a barbecue welcome, welcoming them to the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And they decided to go, if only just to kind of eyeball everyone and, like, mm-hmm. learn about their neighbors. Um, and while at the party, they were talking to a couple of neighbors who had mentioned who their next-door neighbors were. And they were the Langfords. And apparently Peggy Langford had lived in the house next to 657 Boulevard since the 60s. She was over 90 years old and lived with her adult children. 
Michael Langford, the youngest of Peggy's children, was over 60 years old. He was unemployed, and according to the neighbors, he was eccentric. Mm-hmm. Derek told the detective about the Langdons just in case, <coughs> but he already knew about their reputation. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the detective had already called Michael in for an interview in the week after learning about that first letter. Mm-hmm. But nothing came of that interview, and Michael just was like, yeah, I didn't do this, so goodbye. Mm-hmm. So it seemed likely that it would be a next-door neighbor that was the watcher because of basically what he was saying. He had really intimate knowledge of the area. He knew exactly how that easel was. He saw the easel, and that was pretty much like, okay, well, so you're, like, right there. Mm-hmm. Um he And the fact that he knew the kids' names, which means that he was within earshot at multiple times, I guess, to learn their all their names. Um, both letters had been sent from a USPS center in Kearney. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. But it was in northern New Jersey. So, I mean, he's from the area. Um, the first was postmarked on June 4th, 2014, which was actually before the house was publicly even on the market. The Woods never had a for sale sign in their yard either. And the contractors first showed up at the house the day before, on June 3rd. Take with that what you will. I mean, it is what it is. I don't know if it's like they saw the contractors and wrote it and sent it or what. But when the Woods put the house on the market in 2014, they had received multiple competing offers above the asking price. Knowing this, the Broadduses thought that maybe the person doing this was someone who had lost out on getting the house to them and was, like, bitter about it. <laughs> but after asking Andrea Woods about the theory, she told them that one of the buyers that had put in one of those competing bids was suddenly diagnosed with a disease that prevented her from buying the house. And the other one had just found a house somewhere else. So nobody was, like, nobody bitter. actually lost out and no one was bitter, right? Um I actually wrote this in my notes. Oh, no. In extreme Heather fashion, the Broadduses started their own investigation. Oh, my God. I love it. (coughs) Thinking the police weren't doing enough and frustrated at the lack of progress, they set up cameras around the house. Duh. What? I mean, like, of course. Mm -hmm. Derek stalked out the perimeter at night. They even hired a private investigator to do background checks on the Langfords, but it didn't bring anything up. Uh, Derek actually got in touch with a former FBI agent named Robert Len- Lenahan to get his profile of the watcher. He's like, uh, this guy like has has connections. He has connections with a couple of, uh, I guess, former FBI agents. So he's like, hey, do me this solid. Can you give me a profile on this weird fucking dude? Please read these letters. So after reading them, he said that the watcher seemed to be older, which, yeah, yeah. I can see that, and well-read. Um, He also considered the possibility that he was taking inspiration from uh, Keanu Reeves' character in The Watcher, which is a 2000 thriller movie about, like, a serial killer. Mm -hmm. And I'm laughing because, like, I looked it up, and it has a 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, my God. I might have to watch We might have to watch (laughs) it. I'm like, how is it so bad? I have to know. We'll watch it with Isaiah because Isaiah has a huge crush on Keanu Reeves. Like, he wants to be Keanu Reeves. Oh, my God. Just be like, this is... Isaiah, this is I Keanu Reeves' highest rated movie. Yeah, you have this to is watch the best it. movie he's ever made. Yeah, people say it's his best. Oh my god. 
Okay. <laughs> the FBI agent, former FBI agent, also said that the watcher. This part was kind of weird to me. I'm like, okay. The watcher is quote less macho than one would suspect. I don't. I, I guess he means like the the watcher's trying to come off as like tough. Yeah, but, but he's, he's not. not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he said that possibly former housekeepers and their children would be people to like consider. Which I guess makes sense because he knows everything about that inside mm-hmm. of the house. I'm too. pretty sure it's like somebody like, in my opinion, it would be somebody who like lived there at some point or like mm-hmm. their family did and they just know. Right. So, again, like I was saying, it got a little vague about exactly at what points in the timeline the letters showed up. But at some point around here, a third letter popped up. And... Again, I hate like, – I feel like I just keep repeating myself. I did get a little confused trying to figure out if there was, like, a third letter and then a fourth smaller letter or if all of this – what I'm about to say was written in the third letter. But I'm just going to read it all together. Mm-hmm. So. I'm ready. Here we go. Where have you gone to? Because I guess they hadn't brought their children over in a while, and that's what prompted that. Where have you gone to? 657 Boulevard is missing you. The house is crying from all the pain it is going through. You have changed it and made it so fancy. You are stealing its history. It cries for the past and what used to be in the time when I roamed its halls. The 1960s were a good time for 657 Boulevard when I ran from room to room imagining the life with the rich occupants there. The house was full of life and young blood. (laughs) Goddamn, we get it. Were there any young blood there? Hey, was there was there young blood? Is there going to be young blood there? Oh my god. Or uh, old blood? Medium? Age? Middle age blood? Then it got... Okay. Um, then it got old and so did my father. But he kept watching until the day he died. <coughs> and now I watch and wait for the day when the young blood will be mine again. 657 Boulevard is turning on me. It is coming after me. I don't understand why. What spell did you cast on it? It used to be my friend and now it is my enemy. I am in charge of 657 Boulevard. It is not in charge of me. I will fend off its bad things and wait for it to become good again. It will not punish me. I will rise again. I will be patient and wait for this to pass and for you to bring the... the... What What do you think he says here? Young blood. Oh. Wait for you to bring the young blood back to me. 657 Boulevard needs young blood. It needs you. Come back. Let the young blood... Pl- I'm sorry. Lord. <laughs> Help. Let the young blood play again like I once did. Yet the the young blood sleep in 657 Boulevard. Stop changing it and let it alone. The Watcher. <laughs> All right. So he's pissed. Young blood. There should be a drinking game of his like, letters. And it's just every time he says young blood. It's just like, drink. take a drink. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> um, the Langfords were still the main people of interest, even after the the profile that he got um, didn't completely match them. But they're like, OK, well, I still think it's probably them. They're like, well, we don't really like you, so we're going to keep you on our suspect. Pretty much. It's poor uh, people just trying to live their lives. It's like this nine-year-old woman. She's just like, yeah. Investigators brought Michael in for a second time to question him, but again, got nothing substantial out of it. And then at this point... Michael's sister, Abby, spoke out saying that the police were harassing her family. And this is when the story started to get bigger than just local news. Poor 
Yeah. Because there are more people becoming involved, more people speaking out. I honestly don't remember. If they, do, do, never mind. Don't tell me. I am going to tell you in my own goddamn time. Okay. <laughs> How fucking dare I slap, slap my hand away? <laughs> Derek hired a lawyer named Lee Levitt who met with the Langfords, showed them the letters, and explained why they were prime suspects. But they denied everything. Police did background checks on the entire neighborhood and found something interesting. They found that the, there were two registered sex offenders in the neighborhood. Now, I'm just going to say this. I work for LifeLock, and at LifeLock, there's something that we do for members where we literally will tell them if there's <coughs> sex offenders in their neighborhood. It's like an add-on thing. So, really? yeah, if you have, I think it's only for like the higher ones, but I can't fucking remember. I want to know. But I've seen a lot of accounts with sex offender notifications on it, it is really shocking how many sex offenders there are. Like, finding two in this neighborhood would be like, oh, but it wouldn't be, like, shocking to me because I feel like, honestly, I feel like there's there's just more than I would expect. And I've at this point, I'm just used to seeing it, which is so fucking sad and weird to that I'm saying that. But anyway, there were two registered sex offenders in the area. I think about how many of them aren't registered. Oh, Jesus Christ. It makes it worse. <laughs> Apparently, one of the homes near them had two lawn chairs that were always out in the front yard and always facing 657 Boulevard. But the lead, the, I guess that lead and all these other leads with the sex offenders didn't lead anywhere. And then 2014 came to a close. Around this time, the renovations on the home were done. And even though they just installed a new security system, Derek didn't think this was enough and posted online looking for a security guard with military experience to just be a presence on their property and watch out. <laughs> they uh, end up hiring the watcher. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, hey, I got, hey, I've got experience. <laughs> and then, like, it turns out it's actually him. He's like, do you have experience? I have experience watching houses. Yeah, I'm really good at it. I do it. I do it I've always done it for a living. <laughs> My father did it. When I was a young blood. <laughs> young blood. I'm so sorry. That's not funny. I know it is. Yeah, it is. Um, so he also looked into getting trained German shepherds. Oh, little cocoa beans. Stop. They should have hired corgis. <laughs> but after all this research, only one thing became obvious. They would never feel safe there. The problem was that they had already sold their previous house, so they had nowhere to go if they weren't going to move into that house. And no, while... no, 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 no. Huh. You have enough money to hire <laughs> a, like, military-trained security guard on your house. Do you have enough money to move somewhere else? Okay, so here's the thing. So with nowhere to go, they just moved in temporarily with Maria's parents. Nowhere to go. With, yes. Okay. okay. So they moved in with her parents. With somewhere to go, they went to Maria's parents yes. and they stayed with them. Because it's like they didn't know if they were going to move into the house yet. They didn't make a decision yet. So it's not like they were going to buy another house while they were thinking about it. <coughs> yeah. So they just stayed with Maria's parents. They were still paying the mortgage on their new home, which mm -hmm. I can only imagine was very expensive. So money was tight. Um, they had still not told even their close friends about the letters, uh, still going off the advice of the police. They had to start telling lies about – sorry, I had a burp. <laughs> Sexy. They had to start telling lies about there being legal issues preventing them from moving into the house yet. Mm -hmm. um, this part's sad. This part, like, I felt this in my heart. Like, 
it made me realize like, oh, yeah, this would be horrible. Derek admitted that he couldn't sleep that ni- sleep at night and was on medication at this time. Maria started seeing a therapist who diagnosed her with PTSD. And at, around this point, enough was enough. They they just realized they had to sell the house. They were like their their mental health was just like going down mm-hmm. the drain because I'm like, God, that sucks. You know, like it really sucks because it's just all it's all in your head, you know? Yeah, but and like you're so excited to have this like new house. And yeah, to, like, get rid of it. It's so sad. Some creeper. And they loved that house. It's fucked up. Um, so six months after the first letter was received, they placed the house back on the market at a higher price due to all the renovations that they had made. But unfortunately, at this point, the word had gotten out, and a lot of rumors had been flying around, and the house was pretty undesirable. Which makes sense, because if you're going to hear the rumor about that, it's like, "Mm." Mm -hmm. Um, people suspected the watcher could be a murderer, could be a sexual predator, it could be anything. So they're like, "Mm, I don't know about that. They got a few bids, but they were all well under the asking price, even below market value for the house. This was when Derek and Maria decided, hey, you know what? Let's just sue the woods that sold us this house. Let's just do it. The Broadduses tried to sue them for fraudulent concealment and intentional and negligent infliction of emotional distress, but it was dismissed and didn't end up getting accepted, which, you know, I, I get. Why. I mean, the Woods didn't know. They just got that weird letter at the end. It wasn't like they were getting it the whole time, according to Right. Them. So here's the thing. It's like, on one hand, I understand why they did it, because mm-hmm. they are just like at their wits fucking end. Yeah, They're like, they what, what, else what, else, what else can we do? Like. What the fuck else? But on the other hand, it's like, that's shitty for the woods because they're like, the fuck did we do? We didn't. I mean, we literally thought it was a prank. It's not like we like <laughs> I get it on both sides. It mm-hmm. sucks. But it didn't end up going through. Um, at this point, a local reporter got a hold of the story and it became <coughs> viral. And apparently there was one specific reporter that like after after a bunch of like people started flooding it because there's one reporter that reported on it. And then everyone was like, yeah. So after it had become viral, there was one, like, very adamant reporter that apparently, like, uh, set up camp or something in front of their house or just, like, kind of, like, not camp, maybe just, like, like set up a chair and then just, like, mm-hmm. hung out in front of the house kind of, like, looking around, watch- waiting for the watcher and just kind of, like, being a major nuisance. And, like, I kind of laughed, but I was like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> Reporters are ridiculous. Um, news vans were everywhere. They were always in front of the house. Um, but the Broadduses refused to speak to any of them. Um, they eventually left Westfield just to get away from it all. These poor people. I know. They even decided to tell their kids at this point everything that was going on because they just didn't want them to find out from other people. Can you imagine telling your kids, like, hey, we didn't move into the house because, like, someone was watching it? Like, what do you even say when your kids just assume like everything's was safe? Threatening you. Yeah, like, you, your threatening kids. Threatening to hurt you. They, they, you. they think the world is safe still. It's crazy. Um, so the mayor, Andy okay, Skibitsky, came out and spoke pub- publicly about the incident. He said that they hadn't heard from the watcher in over a year at this point and that the police had conducted a thorough investigation and that basically everyone needs to like calm the fuck down, guys, please. Um, however, a lot of the neighbors actually said that they were never interviewed. Mm-hmm. All right. Why? Okay. So, I don't know if you've considered it or thought about it yet, but have you been wondering 
if they have done DNA tests on that envelope. I think they should, or at least fingerprint or something. So they did. Uh-huh. They DNA tested that envelope because it's 2014. And we have that. Also, can we talk about how 2014 was six years ago? I oh, my like that God. Was yesterday. Stop. The hell? 2014 was, oh, my God. That six was... years ago. That makes me uncomfortable. Okay, oh carry on. So they DNA tested it because it was six yeah. years ago. Yeah, so they DNA tested it. And it turns out that the DNA, it wasn't any any, like, database. So it didn't come up with a person. But the DNA <coughs> came up as female DNA. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, more eyes went to Abby Langford, obviously, at that point. Um, she was a real estate agent, apparently, in her time. I don't know if she was I was like, she's still, 90s or I don't, like, oh, oh, oh. She's probably I'm not so going sorry. outside. I just, <laughs> Abby was the younger sister. She wasn't the mom. Oh. Peggy was the mom. Oh, sorry. I got I confused. Just, I just got confused, too. I forgot about that. I was like, wait a minute. Something's wrong here. This poor woman. Abby. Okay. The one who was like, leave my family alone. She was a real estate agent. Um, so they were like, maybe she was jealous over the commission. Can't they look around the they're other like, houses? like, guys, listen, listen. She's jealous. She's jealous she get out, didn't get the commission on that $1.3 million house. She's pissed, so she's making up these. Can you imagine the elaborateness? God. Um, but that wouldn't make sense because the other people got a letter before they even moved up. A security Anyways, guard was able to get a water bottle that Abby had discarded at her work. And they DNA tested it, and it wasn't her. Really? That's so a huge shocker. So the Langfords were removed as suspects. Thank God. I know. I These was like, God damn. People. Everybody, they should just take everybody's blood from the whole neighborhood. The whole city. All their young blood. All their old blood. Middle-aged. Everything blood. The Retirement-ready blood. All right. Um, to make things even worse and more difficult, there were no fingerprints on any of the letters. Oh, that was kind of interesting. How were there no fingerprints? The person wore gloves the whole time. Oh, I just thought in general. Oh, no, like, no. I mean, there weren't any fingerprints that, like, that were weren't. suspicious. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. So at this point, investigators wanted to just start from scratch and just redo the whole investigation. Um, around this time, there was a Facebook post that mm-hmm. was brought to everyone's attention. Apparently, the watcher had targeted another home on the street. One of the grown children of the other home posted saying that they had gotten a letter that was very similar to the Broadduses around mm-hmm. the same time that they, they got their first letter. <coughs> so with this new information, officers were like, all right, they decided to stake out the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. There was a car that ended up parking next to them for a bit too long. And they were like, all right, let's follow it. It's suspicious as fuck. <laughs> this poor person. It's so bad. I know. It was owned by a woman in a nearby town who had a boyfriend that lived on the same block as 657 Boulevard. And this boyfriend was, quote, interested in dark video games. Boyfie liked Dark Souls. Boyfie liked Dark Souls. He liked Five Nights at Freddy's. God damn. (gasps) So he liked a game that was actually called The Watcher. I don't know how they found this out. It was actually The Witcher. They just read it wrong. <laughs> this poor kid's just playing Witcher. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm so sorry. Carry on. <laughs> they invited this boyfriend to the station for an interview twice, and both times he didn't show. What? I just imagine them interrogating him. They're like, why were you playing The Watcher? And he's like, it's The Witcher. They're like, no, it's not The Watcher. It's Witcher. I swear. <laughs> 
<laughs> we know who you are. Okay, carry on. So because it was just a hunch, they couldn't force him to come in. So they had to just kind of let it go. Mm-hmm. And because the investigation had died down so much, they were getting no new leads. They were getting no new letters. They were just like, the fuck do we do at this point? They just decided to close the investigation for good. Um, oh. And then the detective has since retired. Um, I feel like I should just leave it open, not just like close it and forget yeah, it. Yeah, like, I don't know about You don't that. have to be active. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how that okay. works. Um, I'm not an expert. The Broadduses considered tearing down the house and having two houses built on the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, but the city's planning board was like, uh, no. <coughs> In 2017, they were finally able to find people to rent the house. Mm-hmm. Um, it offset the mortgage, but it didn't fully cover it. For two weeks after the renters moved in, there was a fourth letter. It was addressed to Derek and Maria, but it did mention the renters. Mm-hmm. So are you ready for the fourth letter? <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. <clears throat> Violent winds and bitter cold. Edgar Allan Poe. To the vile and spiteful Derek and his wench of a wife, Maria. Quote the raven nevermore. <laughs> you wonder who the watcher is? Turn around, idiots. Maybe you even spoke to me, one of the so-called neighbors who has no idea who the Watcher could be. Or maybe you do know, and you're too scared to tell anyone. Good move. I walked by the news trucks when they took over my neighborhood and mocked me. I watched as you watched from the dark house in an attempt to find me. They were mocking them? That's creepy as fuck. Did you hear that last sentence? Wait, what? I watched as you watched from the dark house in an attempt to find me. That's creepy as fuck. Yeah. Telescopes and binoculars are wonderful inventions. 657 Boulevard survived your attempted assault and stood strong with its army of supporters barricading its gates. My soldiers of the boulevard followed my orders to a T. They carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 Boulevard with my orders. All hail the Watcher with exclamation points. What were the orders? I don't know. Um, He then threatened that revenge could come in many forms, continuing on and saying, maybe a car accident, maybe a fire, maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away but makes you feel sick day after day after day after day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of a pet. Loved ones suddenly die. Planes and cars and bicycles crash. Bones break. That was the end. I'm messing me. He signed it, the watcher, but yeah. That's fucked. That's fucked. I'd kill myself. I'd be like, oh, you don't get a chance to kill me. I'm going to kill myself first. I'm like, don't mind me. I'm just going to go jump off a cliff. That can be the revenge. Um, I would move out of state. Dude, to this day, that was the last letter from the watcher. Um, and that was 2017 again. Um, since, okay, so some people were attacking the Broadduses online, which, of course, because the internet's fucking terrible sometimes. I know. And they were like, you guys made this all up for attention and you made it up as a scam. And I'm like, okay, can you explain to me what scam it was then? Can you explain to me? What did the they get out reasoning? of it besides losing money? Not even what did they get out of it, but what were they trying to get out of it? I can't think of anything that makes sense. No, I can't think of anything. And it's such an elaborate story. It's like, all right. Um, in 2019, 
So here we are, almost present day. They were finally able to sell the house to new owners. There, however, only for $959,000, which was $400,000 less than they had bought it for. And that includes all the renovations, which sucks, but like, you know. <coughs> I mean, at least they got rid of it. Yeah. And can move on. And not surprisingly, the new owners declined to speak to the media about their purchase. And this was, I think it was in like August of last Turns year. Turns out it's the watcher. <laughs> he just bought it back. She bought it back. Um, so that's basically the end. But I do want to say something interesting I found because, like I said, that there was a Lifetime movie called The Watcher that came out in 2016 that I highly recommend. It's very good. Um, but, but keep dim eyes peeled, my fellows, because apparently Netflix bought the rights to the story in December of 2018. Henry Joost and Ariel Schulman are set to produce the movie. And they also mm-hmm. uh, worked on the Catfish movie, the Catfish TV show, and they did Paranormal Activities 3 and 4. So I did not like four at all, but oh, three was, was pretty good. What the fourth one? I actually I the third loved one. three, but four was like, Neh. yeah, four was not my favorite. There's no, but yeah. So Netflix bought the rights to the story, so I would expect either like a, a like a limited series, maybe a, maybe a docu series, or like a show, or maybe a movie based on this. I feel like a show would work really well. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Just keep your eyes out because it looks like there's something in the works. Maybe they should do like what they did with the Ted Bundy thing and like have a show and a movie. Yeah, maybe. That'd be cool. That'd be I cool. kind of would like to see. I, I'm like. But like a movie movie. No, no. Part know. of me is like, I, I no matter what, I want it to be a show, but I don't know if I want yeah. it to be a documentary or a, like a fictional. Part of me wants it to be a documentary because I want to like actually physically see the letters. I'm I, they're, they're nowhere online. <laughs> and like interviews. Yeah, I, I they're Put nowhere online. I actually don't know what these people look like. It's I, it's I wouldn't say it's hard to find information because it's not. There are a lot of like articles about it, but it's there's not the picture as my as my hint is like the only fucking picture that there is on this oh whole case. God. So I'm like, I knew I'd seen that picture though. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It must have been on Facebook or something. I I just personally I think that they could make a very very good. Um, like a dramatized oh, yeah. show about this. It would be a really good thriller, I think. It'd be really cool. I like it. I liked it. Yeah, so that's the, that's, I mean, some people call it the Watcher House and other people call it the Watcher of Westfield. So <laughs> I don't know which one I like better. I like it. And there's a poor guy just playing Witcher in his basement. The thing that bothers me the most, and I think this is like a very common theme with mm-hmm. the stories I choose to tell. So there's no answer. It is a mystery, and we have no idea who wrote those letters. We have no idea. God damn it. I'm so – I love mysteries. You know what one I really want to follow up on, but there's probably nothing more, was that guy who supposedly drowned. Oh. Um, It was, like, one of your earlier stories. He, like – Oh, Henry McCabe. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, it doesn't sound like he drowned, and it sounds like there's multiple yeah, that was a crazy one. I love mysteries. You know me. If if it's a mystery, I'll probably do it out of anything. Why don't you do the mystery of 
why John is such a butt. Yeah, how'd you know? <laughs> that was good. That was good. All right, let me see if I can find these pod beans. Oh, yeah. So we have a review on iTunes. I will be reading that to you. I'm super excited. I'll read it to you with my... Should I do an accent? With her own eyes. Should I do an accent? I forgot what our podcast was called. Oh, good job. <laughs> I'm going to read it in accent. What? You what, mate? I don't know how to do accents. Oh, my God. We got a ton. I know. Okay, Holy so okay. on Apple Podcasts, we which we very much appreciate you guys leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts. That really helps boost up our podcast so more people can see it and stuff. Um, this is from Eric West. He says, I love this. I'm in love with this podcast. It has that creepy factor, but it's not overwhelming. Perfect balance of creepy and entertaining. Glad you guys are back. Who is that? Eric West. Thank you, Eric West. With two eyes in Eric. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. You hear that, Eric? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, wow. That's Wait. Oh, we got to stop. Stop. All right. I don't know if we read this one, um, but there's one from Luther K. Pretty sure we did. But my first episode, and I love you guys. So fun. Aww. And that was on uh, Aisha Degree. God, that one is another <laughs> mystery that I am dying to find out. That one is insane. And then I think we read this one, but I'm going to read it again because I want to. All right. Um, this one is from CJ Duthie, which we did, but here we go. <laughs> At last. So glad to see you return. Pleasure to see you guys and posted this as soon as I and posted this as soon as I noticed it. The chemistry between you two works so well. It's because um, we're, love it we're actually dating. Times. We're <laughs> True. Uh, here we are. We're coming. We're coming to you, and we're dating. So here we go. <laughs> then we got Xenomorph. <laughs> oh, always Xenomorph. I love it. And goes. Oh, damn. This one is on the Tempe one. Mm. I started listening to this while driving to work, and I was like, I just saw this on Forensic Files a few days ago. That's crazy. How did y'all start being so being interested in true crime? For me, it's where I live. There's so many famous cases that happened within about two hours or less of driving distance from where. I'm from, like, Ed Kemper, the Golden State Killer, Mary oh, Vincent, wow, yeah. that asshole Scott Peterson, Fuck Jody Arias, um, and is from, like, 10 minutes away from where I live now. Oh, shit. Um, That's and, right. She lived in California. And why do you think it's mostly females that are fans of true crime? Keep up the great work and have an awesome 2020. What brought you into the world of true crime? You know what's interesting? Okay, we'll start with that first. Mm-hmm. Um... Watching Forensic Files when I was younger has to be what started it. Um, that I would say that's what got me into like the the like just being interested in like mm-hmm. morbid stuff in general. But the actual like true crime actually started when I started listening to my favorite murder, which was mm-hmm. only like maybe two or three oh, yeah. years ago, like two probably two yeah. years ago. So I really like dove headfirst oh. into it from there. Um, for me, it's because I was always really interested in ghosts and would watch a lot of ghost shows (laughs) and documentaries about haunted places. And obviously, a lot of times when there's haunted places, there's like a crazy murder to go with it. So then I got really into that because I thought it was always like interesting and crazy cases. And especially when it was like they thought that she killed herself, but then there's a ghost that's saying that she was murdered and stuff like that. Just straight up like the sixth sense. Yeah. (laughs) Always like interested me. So that's kind of like what got into it. Um, I don't know what necessarily makes um, mostly females, and I don't even know if that's necessarily true. I think it's it true. Is, 
you know what? It's definitely true. And I actually don't have an answer for that. I've always wondered why. So I think, okay, this is just a theory. Um, when Isaiah talks about it, he's like, well, I mean, anybody could just go around and just kill somebody. Wait, when Isaiah talks about... True crime, because he was like, why do you like it so much? Oh, he, He's okay. like, I mean, anybody can just kill somebody. I'm like, I could never kill somebody. He's like, well, I, I could if I needed to. And I'm like, I don't know if maybe it's just like we try to... Th- we have a different thought process. Isaiah, you, I, you, got, you have something to tell us? Isaiah? I don't know. Or like, maybe they don't want to like worry about having to protect people. And we're just like, what's wrong with people in the head? Or trying... We have like a different mind processing thing that maybe we try to figure things out more than just like yeah one single thought process of like oh well this is this we're always like well there's got me more to it like da 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 it sounds does that makes sense it does sounding like sexist at all here's what not, here's what it is would, uh, here's i'm here's scared it's it gonna stop recording i'm scared <laughs> we good yeah okay so here's what it is i that was my initial thought too mm-hmm. um and i know it probably is gonna sound like I don't know if sexist is the right word, but it is going to sound like boomer humor-ish. But I do think that there is a very, very, very big difference between how women think and how men think. I do think that most (laughs) men have a very one-track mind Mm -hmm. and are very straightforward and just say what they mean. Most men. I just think that they're built to be very like, this is this. Mm -hmm. Women are... A little bit more complicated in certain areas yeah. or they think a little bit more or they their mind wanders a little bit more. They worry a little bit more. I don't know why that makes us love true crime, but I know that there's probably something has to do with that. And I think that's what you were saying. Yeah. Right. And honestly, I don't know the reason why. I'm just trying to think of anything I can think of. And those are like some of the only things that make sense to me. Because really, I don't think it's because like they're like, oh, this guy's hot. Like, uh, no, oh, I don't think that's no, it at all. That's clearly not it. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's like a protective thing. Like, how can I protect my kids? Like, let me think of like what could possibly happen to, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of things. But honestly, it's, it's the same reason why anyone likes a thriller movie it's like a real life thriller movie exactly and yeah so that's that's my guess but obviously neither of us know so we're just here and by the way we're yeah. not sexist we're just trying to work our brains by the way we're not sexist by the way we're not sexist we're, we're just not trying to make racist. sense of the world um we just don't care for isaiah and john so just kidding. <laughs> um anyways so this is cj Duthie again okay um who, who told you it was okay oh, to message us twice yeah no i'm kidding <laughs> Oh, yay. Weekly would be awesome. So many fab oh, yeah. cases, all kinds of stories. Would love it for me. I um, love the mix of horror and crime that isn't fake. Always nice for a mix of pleasure to listen. Heather, enjoy. Can't wait to watch the rest of this one, which was the Tempe one. Um, we actually try to do weekly, but just so life can happen. But at yeah. least we're sticking to bi-weekly. So we might shoot for every once in a while doing like a weekly yeah. little surprise. Um, and also, I'm gonna try to possibly do two stories soon, so we can have a backup just oh. in case for sometimes, like if we can't okay. get together. Um, but can no promises because I always wait till the last day. <laughs> um, this one is from Nicole. Um, it's from the unsolved murder in room 1046, which oh, is my the, favorite. Was case. that the first one we did? That was the second. Oh no, one. that was the second. Yeah. Um, it was my first story. Yeah. So. It says you're thinking of the Black Dahlia being Jack the Ripper, which 
maybe I asked a question there, so yeah. I don't remember. It's been a minute, but <laughs> thank you if you're helping me answer. Um, and then in the Iowa truck stop killer, mm-hmm. Nicole said it's Marcia, like the Brady Bunch. Oh yeah, so it's I think I said, I think I said Marcia, Marcia oh. or something, uh-huh. and then she's probably saying it's Marcia. Oh, Marcia. Oh, my God. However, the reason why I said Marcia, Marcia is because Marcia is my grandma's name. And she oh, specifically tell she's like, people ask for her name. She's like, it's Marcia, not Marcia. It's Marcia. And I'm like, all right, you know what? I just said it because my grandma gets on my case. <laughs> look, look, she's just got it ingrained in her head. And I said it wrong because I apparently don't know how to say Marcia or spell it. Um, so thank you, Nicole. Thank you for your... Help. I'm so sorry. I don't remember um, what the Black Dahlia thing was. I'm really sorry, but thank you anyway for that. And then the Marsha, mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Got our backs. I like reading comments. Um, This one is from Cherry again. Oh, I love a little picture of a cat. <laughs> I just love it. Okay. Um, I think we can all agree that we would love weekly episode and that Twilight is the best movie ever made. Oh, my God. Um, I also had a serious push. Wait. I also had to seriously push myself to watch Don't F with Cats. <sighs> just the little clips of the videos made me feel so sick, even though I usually can handle stuff like that. Anyways, great no, episode as always. And I'm super excited about the next episode with yeah, the fire. Thank girl. you. for. It's such a good documentary, but it's very hard to watch. Totally. Um, and then Queen said, love all your podcasts. Keep up with the great work. Oh, my God. The whole band. I know. The whole band no. came on and commented and said you were great. <gasps> I love oh, my God. Yep. There we go. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. All right. We will see you guys uh, in two weeks. All right. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>